I began pretending that I wasn't a widow because I didn't want to be a widow. I didn't like the label. I didn't like what how people were looking at me. So I just I was kind of thinking my, of myself as a wife and waiting that the next husband was going to come along and everything was going to be good again. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Positively Joy, a podcast on searching for the light in all seasons of life around us. We look for God in the everyday and choose joy even in the hard times. I'm your host, Yvette Walker, and I'd love for you to become a part of our online podcast family and join our Positively Joy community on Facebook. Visit PositivelyJoy.com for previous episodes and to check out our cool merch. And listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you go for podcasts. We drop episodes Monday and Thursday. Laura Warfel is more than a widow. She is a widow who is living beyond the label and encouraging other widows to do the same. A follower of Jesus, she wants to make sure that no widow ever has to walk alone on this journey. More Than a Widow is her outreach ministry for helping widows to go on with their lives. And she's also an author and community builder who tells her audience that widows are still here for a reason. God still has work for us to do, she says. So find and live your more. Here's Laura. Hi, Laura. Thanks so much for being on the show today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for inviting me, Yvette. I've been really excited as I've been looking forward to this and preparing. Well, good. No, I'm really glad to have you because I think I think your book and your topic is going to resonate with a lot of women today and, and not necessarily women who are widows. I think your message is going to really connect with a lot of different people. And so uh, let's jump right into it. And so, Laura, you have a you have an, an online ministry and a book. Oh, I was going to say, actually, that my ministry is more than a widow. And then I have uh, five ebooks that relate to that ministry. But but all about your experience and um, trying and, and trying to understand just what God has for you in this season of life. And, and what, you know, who you are. And that's what, that's the piece of it that I think is so interesting and that will connect. um, I think a lot of people who are listening to your message. Um, I normally ask you this at the end of the show, but um, I want to make sure everyone knows where to find your resources. So uh, give us your, um, your, your website address and how can we best connect with you? Okay. It's laurawarfall.com. And everything connects from there. I'm also on Facebook at Encouragement with Laura Warfel and More Than a Widow with Laura Warfel. So all those are my, my main platforms. And you have an online uh, ministry. And do you have a Facebook group? Yes, there's a group also. We were having some struggles on the, the page when I set it up. of. Um, inappropriate comments and people trying to crash the <laughs> the the conversations so wow. we moved uh, to a group just earlier this year mm-hmm. and I did a little bit of rebranding on the page but it's all still connected wow i mean that's ridiculous when people do that isn't it <laughs> i was so shocked i i just couldn't believe it was happening and I felt like I needed to protect 
my audience and move off of that more public platform. Yeah, yeah, because I think, you know, the conversations and what you're discussing is so very personal. And so that's that was probably a really good idea. So let's just jump right into that. So why did you decide that you needed to begin to talk about this particular topic? And you thought that there might be other women out there who needed to also hear both hear from you, but also talk about what what they're you know what's going on in their life. So, um, tell us about what happened and how you got to where you are today. I began pretending that I wasn't a widow because I didn't want to be a widow. I didn't like the label. I didn't like what how people were looking at me. So I just I was kind of thinking my of myself as a wife and waiting that. The next husband was going to come along and everything was going to be good again, kind of. Um, So I was uh, in that waiting period and I met a speaker named John Acuff and he hosted an event called Start. And he invited people to come and see what they needed to start. And I read the book and it was very exciting. And I thought, well, I think God has something for me here. So I went to the event and that night, the first night in my hotel room, I asked God, what do you want me to start? And he gave it to me right there. The name, More Than a Widow. I still have the notebook where I wrote down all my ideas and all my thoughts. The next day I found John Acuff ran to him and said, I know what I'm going to start. And that, that's been, uh, that was in 2013. So it's been it's been quite a journey figuring out what I was starting, what who I wanted to reach, and what my message is. Wow! And through, through the past six years, I've I've just continued to to refine that and to be sensitive to what other widows are telling me that that they need. So, what is it about the word widow? Why did you not want to be called that word? It it's a very loaded, if you will, if you will, word in uh, our culture, for sure. Many other cultures, too. Uh, our culture respects widows, but doesn't really want to be connected with widows, in my experience. They don't, people just really don't know what to do, so they, they don't do anything. And in other cultures, widows are often ostracized. They're Property is taken away from them. They are considered the lowest of the low in the society. The families of the husbands often reject them. So there, there's really a lot of baggage that comes with the, the name or the term widow. You said that sometimes people don't know what to do around you or do with you. And, you know, is that because Unfortunately, I think like a lot of situations, people don't know how to handle death. Is that part part of it? it. That's part of it. Part of it is we're a very couple oriented society. And to be a single woman still, I mean, you would think in this day and age, that would not be a big deal, but it's still difficult. And there's still a lot of things that you don't want to do or you can't do as a single woman and you find yourself withdrawing and isolating and feeling sorry for yourself. And that's, that's a big downward spiral. Wow. Okay. Um, So if you're not, if you're in this situation and you're feeling um, 
you know, you're not wanting to connect to that word or you're, or you're feeling some uncertainty about what's coming next in life. So what are some steps that people should take? What did you learn along the way? I think what I learned was to be open about my situation and my life. It was very difficult because people don't want to talk about that. They don't want to know about that. So that's been very difficult. I really put myself out there on my blog and also on Facebook and Twitter, just sharing stuff that I never thought I would ever share with anybody in here. I never share it, sharing it on, on social media, but I, I wasn't sharing it to get attention for myself. I was sharing it with the hope that other women would go, oh, yeah, okay, I'm not weird. I'm not crazy. This Other people are feeling like this too. And, and I found that to be true, that other widows want to know that they're okay and that there's not something wrong with them because they're grieving. There's not something wrong with them because they're struggling. There's not something wrong with them because they don't feel like part of anything anymore, that uh, it's a transition that they have to make. And I think that's what I see as probably the biggest struggle that a lot of widows get stuck in the past and they don't let themselves move forward. And they just spin in this cycle of misery and until they die. And it's really sad to see someone not be able to go on with their life because they've lost an important person. You talked about people not wanting to hear your story. Well, I want to hear your story and I want um, folks listening today to hear your story. So um, if you can tell us, you know, tell us about your, your husband um, and your, and your family together and, um, and what was it like and what happened? Well, we had a really interesting uh, journey. We, I met him when I was 14 and he was 17. We met oh, in wow. high school speech class, but it was not meant to be. At that point, I was still in high school. He was going on to college. He married his high school sweetheart. I went on to college and I got married and we both kind of went our separate ways, but we, all, we always kept in touch. And he and his wife had three children. I never had any children. I ended up uh, divorcing my husband and living as a single woman for several years. Then his wife passed away and we reconnected again. And this time we said, well, what's happening here? Are we gonna date or <laughs> what are we gonna do here? So we started dating and then we, we did get married. And so I, I became a stand-in mom for his three teenagers, which was very exciting. <laughs> and he was a pastor. So that, there were some additional challenges there, but we, we had a great time. It, it worked well. Um, he had some health problems that continued to get worse. And we had been married seven and a half years when he passed away. Oh, wow. There's a, there's obviously there's sadness at the end, but there's a lot of joy in that story. And do you think that we should get used to, I mean, memories can be difficult and memories can be sad, but, but that was a very 
I mean, you were laughing, your, your, your face just lit up. And so that's a memory that I would think that you would want to be able to share for other people who have lost a loved one. Is it important for us to, to share memories like that? I think it is. I mean, it's going to be painful. You might cry. You might, it might take you down a memory road. You don't, you don't particularly want to go down, but that's okay because everything in life, you have a combination of, of joy and sorrow. And if we, if we miss the joy, we get stuck in the sorrow and that's, that's not what God wants for us. Oh, so true. So true. So, you know, in a way your, your story, we have some similarities and there's a lot of differences too, but, uh, but I was married before and and, and my, that first husband died, but we did actually divorce. So I'm not a widow, but he died fairly shortly after we separated. And then I was, I was single for, you know, a while after that. And then I met my, um, you know, my second husband, who's not a pastor, but he's a godly man. And, um, you know, and, and, it, and that's, you know, religion is very important to us. Um, but in those years between the time when God led me to my, to Tim, my, my husband, um, my first husband had passed. Uh, it, it was strange for me because I wasn't a widow technically, but it's, it, it did feel, it did feel strange. And I had a lot of loneliness and I've mentioned before that there was a time when, you know, I just felt like, I felt like I was going to be alone for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And then God revealed to me that that wasn't what I was afraid of. What I was afraid of was that no one was going to love me again. Mm. And so I don't know if you felt that way at all, or if you've talked to people who felt that way, but that was, that was difficult until God revealed that to me. And after that, and I always knew he loved me, but when he revealed what my real fear was and basically said, you don't have to be afraid of that. Then I was golden after, (laughs) after that. And then, couple more years later, I met Tim and, you know, the rest is history. But, but those were, those were dark times for me um, until I got that revelation. What do you think? I think the, the revelation for me was for God, God letting me know I am the source of your love. I am, I am everything you need. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens, whatever grows out of that is a bonus. So that's how I had to change my thinking because where our generations are slightly different and my, oh, my I friends don't know. and I, I don't know about that. <laughs> my friends and I were talking the other one of my friends and I were talking the other day about there was this huge uh pressure that you had to have a boyfriend when when you were in junior high and high school and if you didn't there was something wrong with you and and even in college it was like that too so I think that's in the back of my mind it has been in the back of my mind at different times and has I've used that to put additional pressure on myself like what's wrong with me why why don't I have a relationship with a man right now and um so God really had to show me I'm I'm the one you have the relationship with then whatever comes out of that is what I what I give to you so at this point in my life it's more than a widow. I'm also a writer. I have uh, the three teenagers are now grown up and married and I have five grandchildren. And it's, you know, there's a lot, lot to my life right now, even though it's not 
what I thought it was, I, where I was going to be at this point in my life. That is really beautiful. So you have, just like you said, you've got a lot going on right now and you have a lot to give. Um, if you can tell me, if you can describe a time and we may just, we may just have talked about it, but when you learn to trust God more deeply. Hey everyone. I'd like to take a break from my conversation and talk with you about another Christian podcast. The Create Your Earth Life podcast is hosted by Janessa Staples, who came from the New Age, where she practiced tarot cards, Reiki, meditation, yoga, runes, and was consistently celebrating the sins of this fallen world. This pandemic had her feeling like something was missing. She knew it was God, but she did not know Christ. After months of trying many ways to connect with God, She was finally saved in the summer of 2020. Now she shares her journey of converting, Bible studies focused on getting to know Jesus, and she has guests on to share their testimonies, all on the Create Your Earth Life podcast. This podcast is for everyone. Create Your Earth Life is on all podcast platforms, as well as YouTube. You can read Janessa's upcoming Christian blog and navigate to new podcast episodes on createyourearthlife.com. Yes, I think the day that my husband died, uh, we were getting ready to go to his dialysis appointment. We had walked out onto the front porch. I, I walked down the steps and I turned around and he died right there on the front porch. And that was the point where I knew I had no idea what to do. I had no idea (laughs) where I was going. Uh, You know, everything that we had set up now was not, not there. And Mm -hmm. so that was the day I really had to start trusting God. It even, um, even when we went to the hospital to, and we were at the emergency room, I had to, the coroner had to interview me because if uh, a spouse dies at home and you're alone, you're considered a possible suspect for the death. I, I mean, talking about having to trust God, I had no clue what, what was happening, what was going on. God got me through, through that. And mm-hmm. after you know, the funeral and everybody's gone and everybody's back to their own lives. And I'm sitting in my chair, looking at the TV with my dog and two cats. And now what do I do? So that was, that was really where my trust in God really grew deep. I spent a lot of time, especially those first few months, uh, listening to George, jo- I'm sorry, listening to Joyce Meyer's teaching. Oh yeah. Helped me tremendously turned my whole life around. I don't know what would have happened if God had not put that teaching into my life. It, mm. it really made a huge difference for me. Mm-hmm. And you've mentioned that he gave you the title of your ministry and he's revealed things to you. And so obviously you pray, um, but let's talk a little bit about your prayer life and um, you know how I think prayer can be so intensely personal. Um, I think people who say, I really don't know how to pray. um, 
I think if you don't have the personal part of it, then it can feel very empty. Can you talk a little bit about how prayer can be so personal? I think the definition of prayer that we've attached to it in the traditional church is either something written out that somebody reads or only the pastor can say the prayer, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. I, I was, I was really blessed to be in a situation, the church where my husband pastored and other churches that I've been part of since then where everybody prays and prayer is a community activity as well as a personal activity. And I think that really taught me a lot because I had never prayed aloud in front of anybody until I married my husband. And that was a huge step to pray in front of him, pray in front of our kids, pray in front of the church. Those are some big changes for me. But every time I challenged myself and told myself, you're going to do this, I, I, I grew in my prayer life. In 2019, a friend of mine challenged me to begin every day with God. And that that's a Bible study and prayer before you do anything else, before you pick up your phone, before you look at social media, before you get out of bed, even before you eat, before you exercise, God comes first. And I took that challenge. That has made such a huge difference for me because it sets me in the right frame of mind before I even start the day. A lot of times I feel like my prayers are repetitious, but a lot of the the same needs, especially in this particular time, a lot of the needs are the same from day to day to day because we have such huge challenges going on. And I, I don't feel bad about that. I, I feel like it's okay to keep bringing the same things to God and saying, we need you, God, we need you. I love that challenge because that is something that that I know is important that I strive to do, but I don't seem to do it every day. I like the idea of a challenge. I mean, even if it's like a 30 day challenge just to get you in the regular habit of it. Um, yeah, no, I love that idea. So you're a pastor's wife and <laughs> um, I want to talk just a little bit about identity because you know, when your when your husband died and you didn't want to claim that word widow, again, that's part of identity. So you are a pastor's wife. And uh, by the way, we, there's another little thing we have in common. Same thing with me. I was raised Catholic and really, um, really was not um, used to praying out loud. Uh, my husband, who we now go to a, a non-denominational church uh, here in Norman, and I, I moved here, you know. And he was, he was used to doing that. So with his encouragement, I have, you know, slowly started learning to pray out loud and being very comfortable with it. And now, now I do it, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's something that you do have to practice. Um, But I want to talk about identity because, you know, if we have roles in the home and um, I challenge him, he challenges me. We have we even have Christian roles in the home. If you, you know, if you you read your Bible and you read lots of teachings, you know, um, there is a head of there, there is a head of the household that is responsible for uh, Christian formation in the household. 
and that traditionally that's the man, but I believe we both have a role in, in playing that. So I guess what I want to say is we are wives and we, we're used to playing that role. And then when something changes, whether it's whether you lose someone or even whether it's a divorce, that can cause a shift that we are that we're uncomfortable with or we don't know how to handle. So you're a pastor's wife now, and clearly you have a very important role, not only in your household, but in the church. And so not getting caught up in a role again, does that ever, do you ever think about that? Do you, do you handle that differently this time around? I think the, I just look to God to show me what he needs me to do. And that's always going to be changing. If I listen, some again, sometimes people get stuck in labels and identities and don't want to change or don't allow God to move them. And then I just I know God's going to direct me to where he needs me and what he needs me to do. That's been probably the hugest change in my life to not look to my husband, to not look to my employer to not look to my parents uh, to tell me what to do, that I, ha- I have to look to God now. And it's made all the difference. Is there a certain scripture that you like to stand on? The scripture that I use for more than a widow is First Thessalonians 5.11 about encouraging one another. I feel like that's one of the best things we can do for each other. There's so much negativity in our world and so much pain. If we can help another person have a better day or see themselves in a different light or go to a place in the Bible they've never been before or pray with someone. Those are all ways that, that we can serve one another. And that's hugely important at at this time. And it's hugely important for widows. Mm. If there's someone listening right now, uh, either they're, they've recently lost someone or their marriage has ended or maybe they are just in a marriage where there where there's some confusion or they're they they're not hearing i think maybe what god wants for them what should they do like what message can they take away from from this episode today i have an emphasis that i use on my facebook page and in my facebook group search find read remember go to God's word. And a lot of people will say, oh, I don't know what to look at. I don't know what to read. I don't know where to find this. And sometimes I just search for a word. We, we have such great access to the scriptures now with uh, the internet, with our phones, with apps. We can search the Bible and find anything. It's not like we have to stumble around anymore. So that is the best way to stay on track, to be renewed, to be refreshed, to be pulled out of whatever pit you're letting yourself slide into. Oh, that's really good. So good. Again, uh, if you want more information about Laura's ministry, go to laurawarfel.com and check out her Facebook group as well. And Laura, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, you've given, I think, I mean, really be, I know I know what your focus is, but I think women 
can learn a lot. Women on all stages of life can learn a lot from your experience and from what you have shared today. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Yvette. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to Positively Joy. I'm your host, Yvette Walker, and thank you so much for spending some time with us. Come on over to our website, PositivelyJoy.com. You can listen to past episodes. You can download a free teachable called Five Ways to Choose Joy. See our merchandise, cool t-shirts with our new logo. We've got a lot going on at PositivelyJoy.com. So we hope to see you there. Farewell for now.